This is the Journal for Life podcast, where we speak with everyday people living extraordinary lives. And I'm your host, Sean. So the thought of doing a podcast came out of having to actually confront some changes in my personal life. I had recently left a job that I'd had for 10 years, and at my age of 49, came face-to-face with dealing with a midlife crisis. And you had the choice to choose of staying on the path that clearly hadn't worked, or starting anew. And I think as we commonly do when we have to reconsider things, we reach out to those that we love, our friends, our families, and we seek their life perspective. And in doing so myself, I found so many great insights from family members and got to learn a lot about them personally and their own challenges and learns and experiences. And in the end, ultimately learn that there's just so much beauty in life and so many shared experiences. And that kind of bred the idea of doing a podcast. And while I'm still working out what life means for me personally, on that journey of figuring it out, I thought I'd have some conversations. So today, you will get to meet my amazing mother, which is a biased opinion on my part, a mother of two boys, challenging boys growing up, a single mom who not only took on uh, working full-time, raising two children, going back to university, supporting helpline for people that were challenged, and getting her own degree, just an accomplished person from my perspective, and again, I'm biased, but she was gracious enough to be my guinea pig and the first person to support me, as she always does, and wanting to be creative and try something. So without further ado, I introduce you to Judy Richardson, where we get to explore some of her life and her experiences, and hopefully you glean as many insights as I've had having the privilege of being her son. Did you ever record yourself when you were working at the university? No, 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 because I I don't even remember the first time I heard my voice back. Was that a common thing? Oh, yeah. I, I always wonder if you, how we hear our voices in our heads or how other people hear them. I don't. I don't hear my voice in my head as low as I hear it when I, it's been recorded. And I think, holy crow, I'm really low. What would you want your voice to sound like? Like it does in my head. Then it's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds way lower, and it's like, oh, gosh. I imagine that's like with all things. Like, like you, you would like to be seen as something else, right? Your mm-hmm. voice, you want to be different. You know, mm-hmm. you're, well, you have certain images in your head of what you sound like and what you look like, right? It's mm. Well, that uh, th- I'm going to ask you my first question then. Because so, I think as a kid, I remember wanting to you know, like be a firefighter, be mm-hmm. a police officer. And uh, uh, I was intrigued by how many people do those things or what they were. So what, mm-hmm. when you were growing up, what did you want to be or who? Um, teacher I wanted to be a teacher and then near the end of high school I um, I can't even remember what it used to be what it was called but I Peace Corps I wanted to go to different countries and help kids so help was yeah why was that like did because I was the oldest and that's what I did I took care of people ah you knew that at a young age that you... I don't think consciously. I 
I just knew that's what I was interested in. What did you find was the reward? I mean, we do things because we feel some needed. kind of reward back needed. needed. By your family? It was important. Yeah. Did you enjoy, because you said you were the oldest, so did you feel needed by your family? Yes. <laughs> did you value that? Was that, that reward then what led you to, hey, I could, that could be who I am? Well, as in all things, right, it can, um, being needed and wanted is, is nice, but when it becomes um, a little obsessive, when you can't seem to do anything but be there for someone else, that's when it's not so much fun. Was that? Uh, was that you being obsessive about needing to be there, or somebody needed you to be there? My parents, the last few years of their lives, oh, especially okay. my father. Yeah. So, is there what was your learning that is there like a need for give and take in a relationship? No, there's a need for uh, setting boundaries for yourself. I was never very good at that. You'd mentioned your father, like later in life, but looking back, was that true of your, of your time with him, like when you were younger, no, like when he was no. the adult and he was the parent? <laughs> yeah, when he was the adult. Um, no, because my mom was there. Um, it, it got his need. Uh, become, became greater when my mom was sick. Um, so not only was I there for my mom while she was sick, uh, then my father. Did your mom play that role when she was around? When she wasn't sick, yeah, for sure. She took care of... I don't think any of us realized how strong she was until she wasn't. But... Uh -huh. And as a teenager, I remember being angry with her all the time because I thought she was so hard on my dad. <laughs> and in hindsight, I think, oh, my good God. <laughs> she was a saint. <laughs> you had mentioned your childhood, and I, maybe I'll stay there for a bit. But what, what do you recall as like being some of the key moments in your youth that kind of shaped you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I I listened to uh, you know Kara talk about Mackenzie and Mackenzie struggled in school and and I think I had such an easy time. I really um, and I don't think if it's it's just my personality, but I had I had a large group of friends, but I you know if they weren't there, I was okay with that like and I think I've always been like that I'm okay with do you is it looking back that you only see the good like or is it that do you mm -hmm. think because you're referring to Mackenzie your granddaughter do you I never do you think that it's different now because <coughs> I've always wondered like any troubles we mm -hmm. go through I wonder when time elapses and our emotions change that we can see it with clarity. Do you think that's what you're doing in terms of looking at your youth? Or? No, I love school. 
I love learning. I al I always have. Um, and I I never fought with anyone. I never. And I never felt a burden of, you know, I have to take care of my younger brothers and sisters. I. It, I was pretty happy and content. It was. Uh, I didn't struggle to study. I. I probably was like a B or C student, and that was okay with me. Like mm. I, I didn't strive for perfection. I I never really have, and I think, as I've learned that, I like to fly under the radar. I like to, as my good friend Victoria told me one time, she loves New York. Because she can be invisible. She can... That sounds appealing to you? Yes. To not be noticed. To not be the center of ascension. To not... Yeah. Why is that? Then I can do what I want. I can do... Um, I don't have any expectations from others about what I should be or what I should do. You know, I guess sometimes I, when I think about my life, I think I never told people what I wanted or needed. Mm -hmm. I always just accepted everything and... Uh, uh, Do you know why that is? Like looking Because that's what I did. That's what was expected of you. You don't... Um, you know, a certain, certainly... Uh, that was what was expected of women at that time, you know, in the late 60s, early 70s. As a mother, you know, it was the leave it to beaver, you know, pearls were a dress. And what was the book mm. that was so popular at that time? Uh, Treat your man like a king. I remember wow. buying it. And, you know, you, you dress provocatively when he comes home from work because you've been home all day and you know you need and you know get the meal on the table and wow and it was and I knew even back then that I hated that I hated that whole mentality and that I don't know if you've ever watched Mad Men that TV mm -hmm. show I watched like one or two episodes and I was so angry that that that's what that era was like. That's mm -hmm. secretaries and, you know, that's what was expected of you. And I, and I hated it because um, that's, I'm certainly not that kind of person. But I didn't know who I was back then, right? You mm. know, I didn't. And that's what you, I remember being angry and, <laughs> you know, going home to my mom saying, you know, I'm so angry and we were fighting and, and she said, Judy, you made your bed. Wow. That was the advice? Yeah. I mean, that was what, what was expected of you back then. Like, you, you chose this, so you live with it, and you put up with it. And In all these relationships, be it, you know, husband, your dad, and they seem to be the males. Yeah. Your father was very much like my father. Do you did you know that, or do you see it, say that in hindsight? In hindsight, for sure. Hmm. 
Yeah. What are you, because I keep thinking you were talking about uh, a lot of people in your life um, and factors. Uh, if I can pivot it back to you, what, what are you most proud of, I mean, in, in your life? If you look back, are there like top three? <laughs> it's one, one story we're doing here, but if there was like a top three moments in your life that you felt defined you or you were proud about or they were for you not not influenced by another person or another man what were your what were your highlights getting my degree uh one of the big ones um i think i think kind of i don't even know when i mean i always knew that um Raising two children, mostly on my own, mm -hmm. um, two boys at that, um, in a the world. The men in your life. <laughs> the men in my life who, you know, I realized pretty early on that they were pretty special men. Like, they were kind and generous. Um, and I remember... <laughs> I remember being in St. Thomas, and uh, I don't know if it was if both boys were born by then. Um, My boys? Yeah, your boys. Sorry, Will and Wyatt. Um, and I remember being up in the bathroom with you guys, and you were getting into the bathtub with them. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I was just so touched by that. And you looked at me and said, well, Mom, didn't Dad ever do this with us? And it, like, broke my heart, but it also, it, it made me um, appreciate what a wonderful father, human being you were. Well, thank you. Because you weren't jaded. <laughs> we were talking about you and your degree was your, <laughs> your first accomplishment. Why did the degree mean so much to you? I mean, mm. because that was you, but why to you did it mean so much? I think be because I had always, I had always wanted to go to university. I loved school. Um, I loved Back learning. To being a teacher, learning. Um, and because of where I worked, I was lucky enough to get that job. I really was like honestly. Why lucky. why lucky to get that job? Because I could have ended up in the food industry, and uh, which was my only other choice because I had no. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even graduate grade twelve. I was missing one credit, um, and uh, and I remember my mother bringing that up. Uh, when I was talking about going to university, and she said, "Well, you can't do that. Like you, had, you didn't graduate high school." And the job was working at the university, <coughs> and the working at the university. At the time, correspondence, tape yeah, cassettes. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, audio cassettes, and um, and just I things just worked. Like it. I mean, I got the job kind of through Kim Hunt, right, mm -hmm. whose sister was working at the. The, the older sister was working at the university who got me into an interview into uh, secretarial services, mm -hmm. which 
I started out the first job two weeks at the engineering department photocopying textbooks for profs and students. It was uh, it was kind of strange. Mm-hmm. Um, and then went to correspondence. Um, and then, I mean, I was part-time for a year, and they, I mean, they liked me. Um, and everybody was so happy when I got full-time, and I was because, I mean, it was pretty good money back then, and I didn't have to work as a, uh, you know, I could work like nine to, f- it was eight to four. Were you still together? No. Uh, so your independence from being in the marriage, you get this job. When we first split up, I, um, I had no job. Mm-hmm. I was baby doing babysitting. Um, and do you remember what year that was? Um, eighty one, I believe. Okay, it's eighty one. Yeah, because um, it says the year I, I think I was nineteen eighty two. I was made full time, so I was a year before. Uh, yeah, nineteen eighty two to two thousand twelve. Yeah. Thirty plus years of fond memories. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. In 1981, I got the job, and it was, like, we split up in January. Um, I couldn't start the job right away because John and Liz got married, and we were going to Montreal. (coughs) Um, And I guess that's another moment of, I mean, I got it through help, but I got the job, and I I got full-time at the University of Waterloo. And then uh, a couple of years into it, I once I got full time, I realized I could get my tuition free. And why wouldn't I at least try one course? I mean, hmm. um, and I knew all kinds of profs by then. Like, um, wow. did you maybe in hindsight now? Do you feel like you started at a young age wanting to be a teacher, wanting to help? You went down a path, and yet somehow your life brought you back to education, to the university, to... I guess not, con- not, not, not until you said those words, but I guess that is what happened. Like I, and I did four years of helpline, which yeah. was, until the last year, year it was amazing to mm-hmm. me. Like, I remember those years. I remember you doing that. And uh, as a side note, because it's more about you, but I always had a sense of pride knowing that you did that work, <laughs> that my mother was, I mean, she's of such help to me. <laughs> but yeah. I remember those some nights. I don't remember exactly, but just knowing you were going to be there and helping people. I worked mostly the weekends. Uh, yeah. Uh, was that... Uh, also, after you had separated, you went yes. back to them. So a lot of your you being you came, uh, and I, I noticed the same for me, like the men in your life are your challenges, but where they're not, women in your life are actually supportive and led to your jobs and to your relationships mm-hmm. and your friendships over the years. Yeah, I've been, you know, there's been some challenges, but. Overall, my friendships, uh, when I got into the tape room in the correspondence department, 
they were like a family to me. Like yeah. they, I don't know if you remember these names, Dolly, Carol, mm-hmm. Hannah, Janet, Anne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, was, I, I think I, I recall them growing up being in my life. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You guys, you were like, they loved having you come visit, especially when you brought me gifts. Oh, my goodness. They were just so excited to see what these boys would bring, bring me. Um, yeah, it was it was really. Did you have a a friend group like that prior to working there? Not while I was married. Uh, you had mentioned in in school, lots yeah. of friends, social, mm-hmm. loved education, wanted to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. You went down a bit of a different path in there. Uh, did you find that those choices when you went down the different path, was it because you believed you couldn't or at the time there wasn't an option to? I think you had mentioned earlier about, you know, there weren't, uh, 1970, whatever, there wasn't a lot of options at that time. Um, I mean, well, I mean, once I decided to not do hairdressing, um, yeah, then I, I got married, and I was working at A&W. Um, you don't, uh, if you don't mind me saying, you've never struck me as one, you know, about, like, hairdressing or makeup or things like that. Oh. So it is interesting to hear that that, it must have been, well, this is what you do, or you, you know, like a... What choices do I have? Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't want to be a secretary. I had... Uh, Back then, when you uh, went to grade nine, you had to choose a five-year, four-year tech business. <coughs> I chose five-year arts because I never wanted to be a secretary, yeah. ever. What did that symbolize to you? Being a man's servant. And I only say those words now, mm. but I don't think I conscious. I just knew I never wanted to do that. Yeah. Um, it what I didn't interest me, and yet you know I kind of ended up there. So you know the last, not a secretary, but certainly working with numbers and. Computers. Yeah, but you weren't. I appreciate that you weren't a secretary for a man. Mm-hmm. You were doing independent work that had aspects of of that. And both my, uh, I mean, I had, you know, three bosses um, the last few years. Uh, the two male bosses were absolutely wonderful. They were like mm. sons to me. I mean, Dave and Andrew were, um, and Kathy was my boss for a while, which yeah. she was amazing. Um, Do you, uh, this may be more just like historical time, did you find the climate in society had changed in those years or in that relationships and how men behaved or because you'd mentioned the two gentlemen you worked with there and very different in context to say your father your husband or well they were both i think maybe the same age or a couple of years older than you and jason oh at that time yeah, yeah. so they were very much i when i look at those last 10 years, I was, I mean, even the 30 years, I, I tend to be, I tended to be the mother figure. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that they both kind of 
both Andrew and Dave appreciated what I knew and my my experience, but also I was this kind of mother figure. That, you know. Yeah. Did you align or associate yourself that way? Probably. Probably. In today's climate, um, certainly I remember at work, thinking of somebody as like, oh, you're like my mother would almost seem, um, it's no longer the compliment that maybe it was meant to. It would yeah. seem almost like I'm an independent person, like I'm not your label. Well, I, I didn't, I liked it. I, mm. uh, because I was like 20 plus years older than them. Yeah. I, they kind of felt like my sons. I guess if you associated to them that way, then it would be natural mm -hmm. that you would relate the other way. It, it feels to me like, do you see the journey in between, say, high school to the, your work at the university? Can you look back and see that as a part of your path and a needed, a needed part of your journey to get you to that? It, it sounds like your years at the university were your, where you flourished. Yeah, I, um, again, my, uh, my male figures in my life, your father told me and believed it for a long time that I couldn't make it on my own. And I think, um, I don't, I mean, I certainly didn't consciously, you know, the day I got the job full time, say, you know, I did it, I can do it. But I think I eventually figured out that I was more than capable of dealing with being on my own, raising my children, and then raising my parents. Um, I could do, I mean, I did a lot. When I look back, mm -hmm. I did, like, when we first split up and I, um, because your father, you went with your dad for the weekend. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was going to do. And it's like, so I got a part-time job at the yeah. A&W in Waterloo. Yeah. And then on top of that, I started working at the helpline. Yeah. And I did that fairly early, uh, even before I started taking courses. Um, and then I was taking courses. Yeah. And I think... I, I was going to ask you, <coughs> you had mentioned something earlier about your father and about, you know, you know, you couldn't walk away because I think intrinsically you knew who you were. Um, I'll share with you what I know you as, and then I'd love to hear how you see yourself. But especially growing up, I recall a very strong, capable, independent person. I mean, you... You worked at the university, you worked at restaurants, you worked at the helpline, you went and got an education. I don't think I ever recall you ever complaining or, or being upset or at least showing um, like a lack, lack of strength. You were vulnerable. You were very emotionally connected. Like I always, I think I've gotten that from you. I feel empathy and I can relate to people because I see you care about people. But you, you think... I think you think 
I don't think you think less of yourself. I think I think you you think of yourself less than you think more of others. That's that expression. Like you're very caring about how you see other people. And it's interesting you mentioned earlier about not wanting to be seen, nobody looking at you. I see that as you actually give so much of yourself to everyone around you. I, I, I just remember growing up thinking you, you owned a car, you had apartments, you had houses, we always had food, we always had clothes. Um, I, I, I would have no other idea that you were anything less than really capable. I do, uh, I do remember, and I've, I've heard people say things over the years about being a single mom and, you know, uh, thinking that life was so extremely hard because they were a single mom, and I think it just was life. It just, mm -hmm. uh, I, I remember. Uh, Hannah, uh, you know, saying to me at one point, um, Judy, I don't know, we were talking about being a single mom, and she said, Judy, I know that, you know, if you didn't get the job at the university, you would never have gone on welfare. And I said, I most certainly would have if I needed to take care of my kids. Yeah. Like, was that meant as a compliment of just. It was capacity? meant as a compliment, like, you would never. Yeah. that low and be like a, a welfare single mom. Uh, yeah. Um, and I, of course I would, but things worked out for me, whether, you know, I had someone looking out for me. Do uh, you see that in life? How do you believe life worked out for you? For the most part, yes. When I look back, I, I know what happens to single moms raising children, raising teenagers. Um, I'm not naive to think, I, I don't know why it worked, how it worked. Uh, you know, my personality and yours and Jason's personalities. Like, teenage boys playing music? Oh my gosh, Sean. Like, that's just like a recipe for disaster. <laughs> It, uh, and a kind of, you know, haphazard father, like, mm. you guys should have been statistics, and yet, look at you, like, look. I remember um, those years of music and things, and I don't remember being a troublemaker, but I think I remember feeling supported, encouraged, and I could be open about what I wanted to do, which meant I wasn't. It was hard to rebel when you're allowed to kind of be yourself, right? Like there wasn't, mm -hmm. I didn't have a father, as you mentioned. I, I referenced this in terms of your father saying like it wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. I always felt supported and encouraged and you, you would be at our shows and you would come. And again, back to you being helpful, being caring, <laughs> being nurturing. Uh, yeah, it was perfect. Great. <laughs> I, well, you know, no one's perfect, I think. No. As you say that, the only thing I've ever felt for you is I wish you could see yourself as I see you. But I have to imagine our, our, all of our things shape us, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm grateful to get to see you the way I do. <laughs> what, um, 
if you had to summarize life up to this point, <laughs> what what do you think has been one of your biggest learns? What stands out as? That I'm... That I was, and kind of am now, pretty darn capable of anything. Like I, a lot stronger than mm-hmm. other people thought I was or could be, and a lot stronger than I thought I could be. Um, I don't, there, I have regrets. That means you but, lived a life. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I wish. I wish for you and Jason that you would have had a better father. Um, but he is who he is, and you know that's well, just we're, the way we're talking about you and your alarm. Um, but uh, as far as I wish sometimes, because I, you know, not knowing that you've kept journals since you were a teenager. But I think, it's not my excuse, but I guess I was so busy taking care of everything, doing my job, um, taking care of you guys, making sure we had a roof over our head, that I, I think sometimes I missed a lot. Um, I don't. I don't personally feel you missed anything in my life. I think you gave, and all that stuff where you think you missed, I think you gave us the space to be individuals. And then I had safety and a house and a place to live and the love to be able to explore things. So, Do you remember the, sorry, it just flashed in my mind, the, the Friday nights when we, had the, we would be on a sectional, I'd be in the middle, and you guys mm-hmm. would be on each side of me yeah. watching BJ and the Bear. Yeah. And <laughs> I loved those. I loved TV back in the 80s when <laughs> there was only one TV in the yeah. house, no devices, yeah. and you all sat together. I know, mm-hmm. I know. And you didn't seem to mind. I mean, I don't know, you were grade 8, because mm-hmm. we were on Avalon then, right? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. Wow, when I was doing that you book, yeah. uh, we moved a lot. You, you've been doing that book, the journaling book. It's mm-hmm. prompting uh, mm-hmm. kind of why I'm doing this. Um, it, is there been, has that been helpful? Have you enjoyed it? Has it been? No. <laughs> Reflecting Made me on think too yeah. much. And I have to say, doing this, I think I've always known, but uh, um, even my mom, she was, she was pretty special, uh, very kind, gentle woman uh, who did the best she could. Um, but I think my memories get overshadowed with my dad, mm-hmm. and I think I give him way too much airplay yeah and compared to to who she was yeah unfortunately those last years of his life were break 
although, I mean, even then, there were moments where, I mean, we would, I mean, for eight years, Howie and I took him almost every Saturday or Sunday for breakfast, for eight years. And I remember there was a couple of times uh, at breakfast, and I, he would say, like, I don't know, something typical of him. And I, I remember laughing at him. And he looked at me with this, like, how dare you? Yeah. And I, and I, he says, you don't laugh at me. Like, that's, wasn't that, you are such an old fart, I would say. And he would kind of get mad. And then I would still laugh. And he, like, he would finally give in and laugh. And I thought that was the moment that I loved about him. He finally gave up this gruff, serious side. And I know I have that side of him. That gruff, serious side. And he would actually laugh at himself. Yeah. And do it with you. Yeah. I was there in the uh, hospital room when he died, I remember. My first real experience with it. Yeah. It is interesting. I mean, I imagine we all do this where we carry things. There's probably a reason in there for for that. But I'm glad because I asked you what you loved about him. I'm glad you were able I to circle one? back. and Finally. Um, my last question. Um, you know, you've lived an amazing life. You're still living. <laughs> we're not yep. doing a, um, if, if anybody were out there and you know what advice would you give to somebody after all the life you've lived all the years that you've had all the experiences is there a takeaway or advice that you would live with somebody you you asked me um why i kept taking care of my father and i I guess I always believed and I still believe that that was the only decision I could ever have lived with, even though there are still stuff about my dad that I never will work through because he's gone. Um, but I think you have to do what's right for you. Mm. You know, for a lot of years, I, uh, I never spoke my truth. I never, I would get so frustrated with people because how could they not know that that's who I am or that's, I don't like that. But how could they know if I never told them? And so the last 10 years, 10 years of retirement, I've been trying to speak my truth. Um, and that's been a learning lesson in itself is that, yeah, people don't, always like uh, what you say and you have to live with that so I guess I would say do what's right for you no matter what anybody says and live your life and well thank you for being my guinea pig <laughs> okay love now you, you. Can, you can, I love you too you can erase this now okay